There's apparently more than one story of how Memorial Day came about. But the one that seems to have uh, the most traction, be repeated the most, is that following the Civil War, newly freed African Americans wanted to show their gratitude for Union soldiers who died in open-air prisons. Um, They got together with thousands of teachers and students and missionaries and went out to clean up and, and decorate the burial fields. Over time, the celebration or the, or the remembrance morphed into being something that was to honor soldiers from both the Union and Confederate forces. Then after World War I, it became a holiday that was to honor those who gave the ultimate sacrifice and battles for freedom all over the world. Sometimes I think the ultimate sacrifice has been made by many who are not buried. My father was a World War II veteran, and he would talk about things that happened before he went into action, Um, train rides and responsibilities and uh, different places in the States that he went as part of the military. But he wouldn't talk about what happened while he was serving. He mentioned he was he was in the Navy, and he mentioned that he was in the same part of the South Pacific that President Kennedy was in. And while President Kennedy was on PT-109, my father was on PT-107. Um, but that's all I know. And I think this must be true of an awful lot of veterans, because in my little bit less than 60 years, there have been very few who have shared their stories with me. I think that might have a lot to do with why the suicide rates just in the last, since 2004 have gone up 80% in the Army. In recent times, movies and documentaries have, I think, begun to scratch the surface to let us see a little bit. See a little bit, but we're still not there, of what people who have served have witnessed. I don't think 
unless one is in the worst of it that they can imagine it. And still war persists. But war has always been, hasn't it? book of Matthew and the Bible says there will be wars and rumors of wars. Um, but they're, they're prehistory. They go back before even oral tradition. Safety, threat, mine, not mine. <laughs> As long as humankind organizes around these kinds of differentiations, they will continue. And we may think ourselves exempt because the battles that we, we have are for, are for more reasonable purposes. But it's that it's that way of navigating through the world that sets up that dynamic. The me, from the time we get here, we're learning to differentiate because we're being taught to differentiate. And it's hard to imagine any way to navigate this world or living without differentiation, isn't it? But when we talk about duality, that's it. At the very basic level. Evaluating whether people and things are superior or inferior higher or lower, competing for position or esteem or mm, believing that one person is more noble or worthy than another. Trying to find our ways to more control of over things because having things out of control makes us really uncomfortable. Our power to manage things because if, if, if we could just have more control over them, they'd work better, wouldn't they? But the problem with that, and let me start here, I think we all have some kind of an idea of what peace would look like and what kinds of things we would want to put in place to start bringing that peace about, don't we? I mean, so maybe they're vague notions, but we have some idea that um, if somehow we convince people with different 
fundamental viewpoints. That it's okay for them to feel that way as long as they don't have to make everybody else feel that way. But that's our perspective. The problem with our visions of peace are that they are our visions of peace. And they're limited by our perspectives. And I guarantee you there is some small element that would be different from person to person. The lack of that kind of differentiation is what John Lennon's song was about and imagined. A world with no hunger or greed or need for brotherhood. So it is peace possible? Yes. And it always begins inside. Always. We fill our lives with diversions and and we think that's normal. We don't feel selfish because we only want what we need to live what's appropriate for our status or what's comfortable or um, what keeps the people we care about and the things we own safe. But the same dynamic that makes us lock our doors at night is what creates battles. It's just a bigger scale. The peace that we create inside ourselves comes from our learning, however gradually and however slowly it is, and God knows <laughs> it's, I'm slow. But by looking in every single set of eyes around you and saying, instead of me, not me, me. Me. I love every single member of this church. I've made a lot of mistakes over the last year. Said and done things that I wish I had done better or said better. Or maybe not said at all. But I'm learning And the fact that in all honesty, I can stand here and say that I love every one of you 
is growth for me. And while I still have my anxious moments and times when I can get tangled in frustration or, or start watching the steam come out the kettle by watching the news, I'm more at peace than I was and I feel it growing. And really, the only thing to which I can attribute it is intention. And commitment to the quest that I have pledged to you that I will follow. And all I want to share this morning is if you can find it in yourself to pledge yourself to that same quest, to be intentional every day about trying to find you and the people least like you that you deal with, peace is going to grow around you. And the more we grow peace around us, the more peace will grow beyond us. And that's how peace is made. Those battles will continue. And we need to understand how in some way we're a part of setting them up. Honor the people who are doing their best. Who are doing what they believe following the path with heart for them. Great spiritual teachers across time and traditions are not concerned with domination and power. And when religions start to be concerned with that, that's when they fall apart or lose or lose. believability or respect perhaps the kingdom of heaven is within the way we do our best in an imperfect world is by staying committed to the quest to the spiritual journey that unfolds more quickly with intention. Those who have come before us paved the way with their fire of commitment, with courage, with blood and sweat and tears, and the dreams that they dreamed are still coming to fruition, and we are bringing them to fruition. When we honor ourselves and free ourselves to cultivate our spiritual ground, we create peace. When we cease from holding ourselves as higher or lower 
as superior or inferior or both. We move away from the divisions and dualities that perpetuate conflict. When we learn to love even those who are most challenging for us, peace and compassion begin to bloom. Doing our best in and with an imperfect world is simplest when we make peace with both our own imperfections and that of the people and circumstances around us.